Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Rolling. What's up, shitheads? Welcome Sorry. back to another episode of High and Mighty Rolling. It's me, <laughs> the number one punk boy. Standing six foot two, 285 pounds. From the south shore of Nassau County, Long He's rolling. All you got to do is trust me, Jackson, Maine. Johnny G. Not to be confused with my guest, Johnny G, but me, Johnny G, no H. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, my newly signed co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. You know these gents. And along with Arthur knowing these gents, the shitheads know these gents. Well, recurring guests, podcast legends, comedy comedy friends, real friends with each other, and arguably (laughs) maybe with me as well. We got Anthony Atamanik and John Kimberley. Wow. He laughed through his whole intro. (laughs) As as did everyone else, because it's a merry, it's a merry affair. (laughs) Thank you, Johnny G. Hi, Anthony (laughs) A and Johnny G. Hi, everyone. You should put a pulse oximeter on after you do that to see how much oxygen you've lost. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, I was like my I had tunnel vision by the end of that. I was hearing like the saving private Ryan noise in my head as I'm screaming. Have you ever passed out? Uh, not from the intro. I... <laughs> Is that what you were asking me or just in general? Well, I passed out. Have you out ever non drunk passed out? I think to be clear, like yeah. not like, like, like fainted, like not... whatever you want to yeah, call fainted. it. Yeah, fainted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever done that. No. I've gotten lightheaded a few times, uh, like after like bending over to tie a shoe or something, and then like unfolding, oh, yeah. and then all of a sudden I'm like, but I never like. Uh, we grip the wall. Yeah, yeah, down to the knees. Down to the knees is bad. Down to the knees and up. <laughs> well, when you're like, <laughs> that's I, not good. I fa- I've told you guys, I'm sure I fainted one time from a too large a swallow of seltzer <laughs> Whoa. Oh, yeah, that's right Whoa. that's right it was just too too carbonated for your body <laughs> i had the feeling of like i was eating chinese food with curtis and his brother in our house on um in uh, bushwick and i like it was like a 20 ounce bottle of seltzer and i took like a big swig and it was like 
you know, and you just like you swallow something that's too big. You're like, ooh, that hurts a little bit. Yeah. And then somehow I had the feeling of it like expanding sort of like in my throat. And then I was like, ooh, this feels like a whippet. And then they were dragging me out of the Chinese food. I like <laughs> fell down face first into my Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> and I called uh And they, they hesitated because that's how you used to eat your general sows. <laughs> yeah. They were like, oh, maybe he's just <laughs> maybe going John's back just for eating. another round. <laughs> um, but I called up Devlin, this doctor friend of ours, and he was like, yeah, it sounds like it just overstimulated your vasovagal nerve. The vasovagal, baby. Yeah. Babel. Oh, I believe it. I, I've i sometimes taken too big a swig of Topo Chico, which I consider to be a very sharp seltzer, and mm. felt like... Yeah. Like I'm like choking. Yeah. Like my, I'm like... Uh. You're both seltzer boys. See, I don't do seltzer at all. He doesn't I like hate seltzer. seltzer. I hate like soda. I hate <laughs> seltzer. I like just water, just plain love room love, temperature oh, water. Not room te- I love cold water, but I, oh, like, I like cold water after a run. But in the day, I'll just fill a glass of water and it'll just, you know, be my water throughout the day. A couple of glasses. Uh, but I, I can't rock, do seltzer. I rock the Yeti full of ice and water at all times, baby. I, oh, yeah. I rock my dirty glass. <laughs> the Galapagos Big 15 is what John's holding up. <laughs> it's my God. You got such a L.A. thing to have these aluminum containers for your water. I know. Well, L.A. Galapagos. Galapagos, <laughs> L.A. Hollywood folks are always hanging out in the Galapagos. Wait, but- I have a pass out. I have a pass out story that's flossy. You know, Turtle she from had... Entourage was a Galapagos tourist. <laughs> okay, well, forget right. my past. Sorry, no, 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 I'm sorry. No, 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 I don't no, want to no, I didn't no. want Jerry to Ferrara, I'm done. Jerry Ferrara is born in the Galapagos. It. <laughs> not going to tell it. Tell us about your wife passing out. I'm sorry for, I apologize for interrupting you. I just had to make that joke. Please. Is it because your your wife smelled one of your pre-prepared towels that you keep out yes. soaked with chloroform? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, she's she like, oh, I wonder my, if this is clean. She went into my special duffel bag I have in the the hidden board in Where my you keep closet. The duct tape, tarps, she and all the stuff you need. On my rope. Uh, now, I mean, uh, uh, she, uh, I've only passed out like once, but like not fully in class teaching and a student like had to grab me and like put me back up in the chair. And I don't really know why that happened. It just happened. And I went to the doctor and he you was were like, analyzing your life. And like, oh, yeah. teaching fucking I, improv. I, You're I, like, oh, that's fucking a vasovagal reaction. I had a vasovagal reaction to teaching fucking improv. It was somebody telling a really, I will say it was some weirdo in the class sharing a really fucking like awful story that seemed really tragic and not in any way interesting or funny, just sad and shouldn't be shared in a room full of other people. And I think it did overwhelm me with like, I hate this so much and I can't be like, shut up. And I guess I just, pa- I just shut down instead. But Flossie had like a terror. She threw her back out and it was so bad that like, I had to like help her go to like, help her to the bathroom. Like, make sure she didn't fall over, like even lifting her foot over the tiny lip between the hall and the bathroom. Oh. And she got into the bathroom and she had, she had done her business, stood up and then said, oh God, I feel like I'm going to pass out. And I was like, really? And she's like, I'm passing out. And so I was like, I got you. And I like went to hug her waist. But when someone passes out, their weight drops so that their arms lose tension so 
Yep. I started to they grab fold her, in front, and right? She yeah. She started folding down and I'm like, "No, no, no, no." And I like <laughs> tried to ne- negotiate the drop, but she sort of like I was like, "Oh, okay." And I she landed and I was like, "Perfect." And then I let go and she just fucking went sideways and like clearly hurt her back more. Uh, but was totally out, and I was like, "Ooh!" And I like picked her back up and put her back up where she was, and then she came to. And the most frightening thing was someone you know or love going, "Hi!" And I went, "Hello!" And she went, "What's going on?" And I was like, "Oh no!" I was, yeah. I was like, like, "You." Pa-. It oh, was no. like fucking like a doll talking to you, and I was like, "You passed out." And then she like came back and was like, oh, my fucking back. And she was like, what happened? I'm like, I let you down gently. I let you down gently. <laughs> and I omitted the part where she fell over. Yeah. No need. No <laughs> need. I mean, I told her later, but at the time. <laughs> uh, I I went to a, can- a something called the Cannabis Supper Club out here where they pair each course with a different strain. And you like take a hit and eat like the oyster. And you're like, oh, that's nice or whatever. But So dinner like, for you. Yes. Yeah, so, so dinner for me. But th- there's <laughs> a like normal a little dinner, <laughs> a cocktail hour beforehand. And there's a dab bar and people are passing joints. And I brought a friend from New York who does smoke weed, but not like that. I mean, I don't even smoke weed like event weed like that. But I was playing along and he got so fucking stoned we were sitting at uh dinner and the food was awesome and he was sitting at dinner and he's like i gotta go outside for a second i was like yeah okay yeah get some fresh air i get it and then he come like he's gone for like 15 minutes and i'm like oh fuck and then he comes back in and he's got like a big scrape on his face his shirt is like all ripped and it's all dirty and his pants are all dirty and he's like yo and i'm like what the fuck happened dude and he's like you got to come outside for a second. You got to come outside. And I'm thinking, oh, shit, he got like jumped out there and, I, and I'm coming out. To, so we start I start walking out. I'm like, just tell me what's happening. So I'm not walking into a surprise, man. And we're walking through the kitchen like you have to cut through the kitchen. There's like all this staff making like weird little ramekins of something. <laughs> and he turns around to me. He goes, no big deal. I just want you to and just passes out in the middle of his sentence looking over his shoulder. And starts tipping forward. My friend is mad skinny, but he is six three. And Ooh. the same. And the reason I'm telling the story is because the same thing happened to me. And I reached around and grabbed him by his waist as he was falling forward. And I, he folded over my arm like you were carrying like a yeah. suit jacket or a napkin or something. <laughs> yeah. Like he literally just he was completely limp over me. Like he like. And I was just like, oh, oh, oh. And I like brought him over to the staircase and like unfurled him onto the staircase. And he just was like. Conk and hit his head and I was like, oh like and I was like, oh no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I went into like stoner nanny mode. I'm like, there was like yeah. a CBD beverage they had. I'm like, give me a big glass of a CBD beverage. I'm like pouring CBD down his throat. I was like, what am Does I Does that doing? help? Does it's that a, counteract? It's supposed to counteract greening out a little bit in that CBD yeah. sort of uh changes how much the THC is affecting you. So if you yeah. ever are uh, uh, my friend Rye uh, from Bong Appetit, uh, Rye Pritchard, he's a big weed head. He said one time he ate too many edibles and he was so fucked up. Oh. He did like five straight dabs of CBD concentrate and it like brought him back down a little bit. Oh. I was like, the my wherewithal, God. the light dabs while you're too high to exist is insane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's crazy. I can't, I have to say, I just don't have edibles anymore. I just can't do it. I, had one time where I freaked out too hard, and that was it. I I only smoke. I I can't do it. 
I'm trying to do more edibles and less smoking just because I'm I'm waking up in the morning with like a little bit of like throat pain. And I'm like, this can't be good long term. Just, in, yeah. you know, and because yeah. my 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 quantity has gone up so much, like I'm smoking so much fucking grass these days. I'm like, let me just eat one gummy and relax for the and not smoke for like five hours. Like, that's what I've been yeah. trying to do is like when I eat my edible at four and then it's like, all right, well, you're not allowed to smoke again for the rest of the day. At least you can keep chugging cannabis syrup but yeah, <laughs> yeah how many different I, I modes of weed do you take in uh mostly i just take in it uh, looks like cough medicine it is it's a thousand milligram sort of scissor i add this Holy to topo shit. chico um, <laughs> oh my god i missed i, I miss, know the, when you're starting to drink cough medicine even if it's not <laughs> cough medicine that's I, disconcerting <laughs> to me no i agree but to me I needed. <gasps> I'm trying not to drink alcohol, and I love weed. And I'm oh. like, oh, what if I made cannabis cock? So I make a cannabis cocktail every. Oh, that's that's yeah. a yeah, that's a yeah. Yeah, I'm not like yeah. s- have that scissor in like a, my pocket on set, and I'm sipping it, and like everyone's like, why is Gamers' <laughs> teeth pink? And he's <laughs> so fun. <laughs> how, how you doing? Let me just have a nip of this Dimetap before we start the scene. Uh, is the love mic gonna have to go in my in my scissor pocket? <laughs> Um, guys, this this is our Halloween episode of oh, High and Mighty yeah. because this is when your podcast drops this week. So spooky. <laughs> spooky, spooky. So I thought we always talk about conspiracies uh, and it's something I'm obsessed Ooh. with. And conspiracies have sort of become <laughs> mainstream culture now. In some yeah, way. now they're part. Now they're basically the fabric of society. <laughs> I know it's like. The shit we used to just like kind of cackle about and be yeah. like, how fucking crazy would this be if this was real? Yeah. It's like, yeah. well, 25% of people in America do think that's real. Yeah, The, the new <laughs> underground thinking is the vaccines work and right. uh, the president <laughs> is the president. That's like the new like counterculture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, ra- we're radical hippies by saying I support the president and the CDC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it sucks when the the counterculture used to line up with like the good art. Yes, it sucks that now it's like there's like the counterculture, and then there's like anybody like doing any of like the thinking or the the, the people doing the art and the thinking are like aligned with the government. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's upsetting. It's it's such a strange time we're living through in this way. Like I mean, obviously like that is a, such a non-expression to even say, but it feels like this is the transition period. It feels heavy. Yes. It feels weird and it feels like it's just beginning. Well, this is the 60s People aren't for getting smarter. Fascists. <laughs> right. This is the 1960s for fascists. Like this is the. This is their like this summer is of their hate. movement. <laughs> the yeah, <laughs> it is. This is their movement. Like this, and the thing is, is it. It is weird to say, like, because generally, ultimately, I think the majority of people still are, you know, who you don't hear from on Twitter and shit are sort of doing their own thing. But the counterculture, which used to be associated with art and sort of, and and interestingly, represented a lot of the same values of like, you know, don't believe everything. Uncle Sam tells you, but it was all sort of the terrible things that the government does in a real way. It's like flipped to include the terrible things that the government really does, but then all these other lies they're just made up, and they are now the new alternative movement. They're the new alt movement. Ugh. Like like Trump rallies are an alt movement. 
but also like, but the Supreme Court is great. Yeah, like, don't believe the government except the parts. Except that... for the government that we've placed in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the problem. There's no honest broker, and also I don't know if people even think the Supreme Court is great anymore. I think that that like, I, I think that the conspiracy that's the spookiest and scariest of all <laughs> is is the fact that the worst and most batshit of all conspiracies, the laziest of them, the bunch in the eighties primarily pushed by David Icke uh, of the sort of reptilian blood sucking child fucking cobble has become mainstreamed to a degree that both left and right buy into it and propagate it as truth in a way that is not just reaching the back of a Barnes and Noble. It's like common conversation. <laughs> yeah. That is the fucking People have spookiest, to... scariest thing. No, the, Boo. Along, along the same lines is the shit you're talking about, that old school, you used to not have to make a comment on it. You could just be like, yes, lizard people, okay, man. Now, yeah. like, people have to, prominent people have to be like, yes, <laughs> Joe Biden is alive and living in the White House and running the country. It's like... uh uh, no, Ashley Babbitt is dead. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all this shit where yeah. it's like, it used to have to be like, ignore them. Now it's like, we should respond and say that there is no 5G in the yeah. vaccine. Because it's because <laughs> it's coming up into mainstream digestible nuggets online and the algorithm drives that stuff because it's more compelling. And so part of their thing too is they could still just say, what the fuck are you talking about with lizard people, right? Right. They know that by framing it and going, reporting confirmed, Joe Biden is not a lizard, will get people who believe <laughs> in the lizard people thing to look at their article right. so that they get more hits. That's what's fucking crazy about it, is everyone's dancing with the devil. The Can same way that we cl we hate click on Joe Biden is a lizard, a person yes. who believes Joe Biden is a lizard clicks on the Joe Biden isn't a lizard, yes. so and the Joe same Biden anger is a lizard. And that's isn't the point. Joe Biden is a fucking lizard no matter what way you look at it. He's a fucking Is dinosaur, okay? <laughs> Isn't there an exhaustion point, though, where you just can't, like, even if I believed all that stuff, like, how much stuff could you worry about? You know, like, oh, like, yeah. uh, you're like, I'm like, oh, I'm trying to figure out like what middle school to put my kid in. And I'm worried they're going to be molested by lizards. And <laughs> right, I'm right. like, is there too much sugar in the cereal? It's like, there's only so much you can fucking fill your mind to worry about in a day. Remember, well, son, don't take candy from strangers and don't yes. vote Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> don't vote Democrat, whatever you do. Uh, but I mean, you know, but I think that there. Uh, I think it was accentuated by what happened, but I think it was also the intersection of those those things. But there, I, I think also it's like uh, uh, you can make a conscious like what's crazy is people could make a conscious decision to just stop. It's not there. The thing that's this crisis is so like or quite like thing created. we're talking about that it's <laughs> not only created, but it is the it is literally like if you walked into a room and just like saw people just beating each other and stabbing each other and like fucking the co severed corpse heads. And it was just like the most violent. There's like a person in like a fucking Eagle outfit with an American flag and they're screaming Trump and Q and all that. And all you had to do was just step back out of the door and shut the door. That was, that's all you had to do. You just leave the shining. You just leave the overlook. Just, yeah. It would you be just get you in the snow cat. <laughs> yeah, imagine it. Yeah. You just get in the snow cat and fucking leave and nobody will get on the snow cat. It's just, it's, it, and 
uh, I think the as a matter of fact, is, people are calling their friends and saying, "You got to get to the Overlook Hotel real quick." Yes, yes. All work and no play will make us. You know, like they're literally yeah. just sucking people. And look, yeah. a lot of cult adjacent mentality. Something I'm not well versed in, but even on like a minor level of like the self-validation you feel if s- someone else comes into your camp about something, even yeah. if it like the way married people always talk to their friends who aren't married, like you got to get married and help be like us. And like your friends with kids talk yeah. to the people without kids. Ugh, like when are you having yeah, kids? The or worst. The people- Should have kids. <laughs> <laughs> no. and, th- and then now I feel like it's like, you should come over here and believe that uh, Joe Biden's a robot. And it's like that way, me believing it is less dumb because now I yeah. got two more people to believe it. Like it feels, yeah. It, and it, and and that goes on both sides. I'm just mostly familiar with the right wing fucking uh, lures that they use. Yeah. Well, it's it's under underpinning all of it is a sort of aggression and smugness, and you actually see uniform sort of things happen on both on both ends of it, right? Like the Colin Powell thing. He di- you know he died. Uh, from COVID and like, you know, uh, and one, I don't give a fuck either way. I just didn't write anything about it because I'm not, I'm not a former secretary of state. I don't have to be like, you know, our great secretary of state pass. I don't have to weigh in at all. People feel the need to weigh in and, and then react the thing, to other people's weigh-ins also. They yes, feel the need and to react do to the weigh-ins. And the uniform thing though, is you do see a lot of white lefties and a lot of white righties who both are like purely comfortable with like completely being like this piece of shit. He lied about this in Iraq and fuck him. He's a piece of shit. And so if some prominent, you know, uh, I think uh, public enemy uh, had tweeted a thing about him saying, you know, he wasn't like all that on these things, but he was a black leader and all that stuff. And you look at those things and go, well, okay. So like there's a nuance to anything like, you know, in, in he was a he was a, a a major force in the black community in some ways, in the sense of inspirational or whatever. And uh, maybe we don't just narrowly focus on just our point of view as attached to all these other sort of uh, agendas, whether it's right or left. So those the, that stuff is uniform. It's not exclusive to the right or the left. It's uniform, sort of kooky, narrow visioned, hateful, crazy shit. And that's like. You could believe the world is that, but nuance, it's actually not. It's a very small part of the make, world. Nuance can't make a nickel, but no. like uh, eliminate nuance and just go ham, and everyone that this is the most upsetting <laughs> thing to me too is that nuance can't make a nickel. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like nu- <laughs> nuance can't make a nickel. Nuance can't make a nickel, son. That's what my lower back <laughs> tattoo says. Uh, there, there's like an. Uh, 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 That's such a great ass fucking tattoo. (laughs) That's such a great ass fucking tattoo to imply you like it dry. (laughs) Nuance ain't worth a nickel. Don't take any wooden things that can't. Nuance doesn't make. (laughs) But like, it's always thicker with wicker. It's it's upsetting when you pull out and look, and it's all about money. Like, you know, where it's like everyone's making money from different directions. And it's like, this will never go away because 
the the left commentator is making money. The person who wrote the headline on Colin Powell that people are quote tweeting uh, are arguably making money. The people on people who are supporting Colin Powell are make like everyone has got an agenda, yeah. and that agenda for them is and maybe not just money, but followers, clout, uh, uh, customers. Like everyone is yeah. just we're all individual corporations, uh, and just pushing. Like I just. We reward financial success more than we reward like anything like creative. Yes. Like we'll be like, well, actually, the best artist is Kid Rock because he makes ten million dollars on every one of his cruises. And you're like, what? Why is that the metric? Like, yeah, I feel like I mean, yeah. we become so money obsessed that like, <clears throat> and we saw that in 2016. That like, my mom straight up vo- like, he's good with money, John. You know, like, uh, and it's like, he's a casino uh, magnate. Uh, that doesn't make you good with money. Casinos uh, are famously. A failed casino <laughs> right. magnate. The, 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 he the, couldn't the, even the, make money as the that house. That is the lowest. That is the lowest. <laughs> he's the house and he went broke. Like, that's yeah. insane. That's, that means he's really bad with money. Yeah. I mean, but, but that's not even what it really is, you know. It's like, that's the thing because I get, I get the attraction that people have to Trump. I get it. I, and I think what happens is people are just attracted to, if people were honest, they'd be like, he's fucking nuts. He says crazy shit. He's entertaining. And he sort of proved that like, he actually wasn't in their, especially in their point of view. I didn't really get affected one way or another. So he's sort of harmless. So even though he's an idiot, who cares? He's entertaining. And, and I'm more interested in sort of yelling about issues because of him. That's what happens. And then people just yell about, Oh, well it's the, you know, the border or whatever. They don't really know or give a shit. Right. Yeah. And the problem is that people on the left also don't really know or give a shit. They also are like the border, the border, the crisis. They need to let everyone in. What are you doing? I don't know. I'm I'm fucking. It's St. like the Louis kids in cages. Webcast. Like, like, <laughs> but didn't Obama have kids in cages? It's like, oh no, it seems worse. Yeah. Like, it's all. It's all just. It's it. It's a great bait. And the consp- I really do believe you want to talk about the fruition of a conspiracy is is that if there was anything that the old sort of thinking about new world order conspiracies was, and in Berto Eco's book, which I always bring up, the Foucault's Pendulum, this is the flourishing of a new world order disinfo world. You know, it's turn the conspiracies outward, make them part of, I mean, I'm not saying this is true. I'm just saying, if you look at old, like a lot of the writings in the 80s and 70s about how this stuff was going to unfold, the prediction would be that this is part of it, which is that, the sort of worst red herrings become um, the sort of new uh, reality, which actually covers for the exploitation and the and the ever widening wealth gap and the 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 subjugation of people, the permanent subjugation of 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 subclasses. That's all part of like the the conspiracy. So it's funny because it is kind of playing out uh, as predicted. Like like. We're- and sorry, sorry, I wasn't trying to say that Trump uh, was somehow like not worse than Obama. <laughs> right, right. No, 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 I don't think any- that's what John was saying. That's what Kimberly was saying. Uh, I don't think anyone thought that that's what you were getting across. I think. Okay. I think it's interesting that we t- we're talking about this specific thing because it feels like both sides are doing a lot of the same stuff, and then when, whichever side is in the is in power, sort of has to run cover for the re- for the whole government of yeah. like, hey. Uh, Trump, get in there, take the ar- slings and arrows for four years. Uh, I mean, he was absolutely abysmal and awful in every possible yes. way. But while he was that, tons of politicians were getting shit that 
made made their lo- personal lives better. Yeah, we're left all, and we're right. all sitting here arguing about Build Back Better. It's like get the. There are like families who are like don't know about any of this and are no. on their last dollar, and we're yeah. like, and there's just like rich people writing from yeah. their work from home offices back and forth, like rival articles. And about- you're really. I was going to say, you're really talking about $750 billion a year, right? It pays out over 10 years. So you actually talk about funding the government at a level that is equal to the entire Defense Department's budget. Yeah, That's less. what's crazy to me. It's less. And so it's crazy to me is even how it's framed, and that framing is all part of the larger global oligarchy that is actually the one that is reshaping and and conditioning and and propagating. That is why these Facebook algorithms, all these internet algorithms are allowed to exist and continue because they work to, if you could destabilize somewhat, but not completely destabilize the society and keep a patient sick, basically mama, you know, gypsy Rose humanity. If you can, you know, yeah, this is uh uh, Munchausen by proxy, like yeah, keep us is, needing yeah. all the help we can get, and like yeah. keep like uh, give it, you know, dole it out as needed. Look, based on what's happening with the the package, whatever we're calling the the build back better thing, my cock. Why would you would you assume that? <laughs> truly, would you assume it's Democrats itching. want us to have uh, universal pre K or uh, free community no. college? No. So it seems like. No one wants us to have that. One no. side one side gets their followers by saying, we'll never let anyone have that. And people are like, I agree. The other yep. side gets their followers by, we're trying to do this thing that would be super helpful. It's like, okay, we got yep. your back. But they, you can't help but think they benefit from it not happening as well. And it's- Exactly. There's like this huge- th- like, Well, enough of them benefit. I mean, the Joe Mansions. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Joe Manchin. Now we're talking about a dude named Joe Manchin who's, and this is what bothers me, is making money off of how much he's referenced, whether it's clout followers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, getting PR is money, is currency in this in this new yeah. society of attention. So Manchin is benefiting from being a stick in the mud. The Democrats are benefiting by having a scapegoat that they, they don't have to go, look, we don't know what the fuck. We're not going to get anything done for you guys. We're all in the pocket of other people. Uh, it, yeah, it's a then, strategy. I forget that uh, there's a name for this strategy. I can't remember the name of it, but it's an actual strategy to keep to keep these two people who you can blame, you know, cinema and, and mansion. And that way the party could sort of go, well, we had to cut the, but we had to cut it. I never thought it would actually be 3.5 trillion. I mean, uh, the, the, but no, and that's change, the problem. It's so exo- oh, It's like forever. It's going to be like until we're all dead from climate disasters, it's going to be like, all right, we're going to start tackling it. Like, I'm running on the idea that we're going to tackle it. And it's going to be like, I'm still going to try to tackle it, but I'm going to tackle it for a little less. And Look, like, yeah. we can't, can't actually tackle it. Tack- for, I can't spend money to tackle it, but we can uh, try to turn the cars off a little bit more. I wish you, the American people, knew how difficult it was to actually tackle something in this climate. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. they eventually get to like, how did you ever think we would even tackle it, you fucking idiots who voted for <laughs> us? And you're like, wait, what? Like, like, why can't we fix that? Like, why? It, going back to the right being sort of the 
the fascist movement now being sort of like the uh, the 60s, that their Woodstock is Trump rallies. Their yes. like their jam bands are police officers. <laughs> like I don't yeah. like, like January six is Altamont, man. Yeah. It is. It's total yeah. Altamont. January. <laughs> the same bikers showed up. They were young in the 60s, and then they, they showed young. up again as old men. <laughs> That's the end of our special. That's the end of the yeah. last president show special. Is, oh, right. Yeah. Is old Altamont bikers stabbing old people in an old age home. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it really did happen. It actually happened. I mean, the, I think that, um, uh, well, even I, I think, uh, let me yeah. just jump in here and say, even yeah, yeah. January 6th is starting to feel like a psyop. And I know that's like a term that's overused, but even January 6th is starting to feel like part of the theater that's supposed to keep us distracted. Cause it's like, yes, we've got 2000 people that we've interviewed uh, persons of interest. And it's like, how is that not objectively something that was wrong? Like, why are we debating yeah. what was wrong with that? Like, yeah. If, yeah. Like it wasn't like the Washington wizards won the fucking yeah. finals and people just started flipping bike racks. They broke into a building and threatened people. Like, I don't understand why we're like, this, killed people. We're coming up on one yeah. year. At, killed, killed people. people. We, we're killed coming people. up on one year later with no repercussions as far as we know. Well, because because you're getting to the thing of like when you start to when when if there isn't a commonly understood reality, a common agreement on the rules, the rules don't matter. So when people not only not conform to the rules, but they inflate themselves, whether on paper or in reality, to the degree where they go, no, these are the new rules, the, or these are the rules, and they've actually always been the rules. When you have that happen, you're no longer able to have a common understanding, and that is a dangerous... I mean, it's dangerous for those of us who want order the way we have had it. Um, and the thing is, there are all these competing sort of ways, obviously ideologies that would be like, no, the rules should be this way. But this one is the most disturbing because I think it's both... Um, not organized. There, the only sort of rule is we could do whatever we want, and like, and nobody can fucking tell me different. And we can't even agree on like natural <laughs> laws. Like, we can't even yeah. like agree on thermodynamics anymore. Like, there's like no. not even things that are like proven that we thought everyone learned as a child. Like, I and again, critical race fuel doesn't melt steel. <laughs> Cri critical race theory. Is that what you're talking about, bro? Yeah, that's, that's all I was getting at. Uh, critical race theory feels like another one of these, like focus on this issue while we just subjugate oh, everyone's rights on on the low end. You know? I mean, CRT is a complete fucking boogeyman, sort of bizarre manufacturing. Like the idea that it's taught in ch children's schools is not true. It's taught at like a university level. Uh, and like, it's like a law school level yeah. concept and right. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but the people at the school boards are screaming about like, uh, no son of mine will learn that we're a racist country. It's yeah, like they're hired. But the thing is, is yes, that and what's they so earn off of hired. it. They they're earn off money. of it. They're making you, everyone's a YouTuber. Everyone's monetizing attention clicks. Yes. So everything makes sense. It's like, oh, I'm going to show up with a sign and be drunk and scream at, and, and I'll get more hits if I get dragged out and arrested. Right. Here to tell you about the brand new HeadGum Podcast, History of Heat, presented by StockX. 
hosted by my friends. I love when friends join the HeadGum fam. And so this is hosted by the hilarious Yasser and Isaiah Lester, brothers, comedy writers who love everything that's considered heat. If you're wondering what heat is, heat is what's cool, whether it's sneakers, art, skate deck, streetwear, or even video games. Every episode, Yasser and Isaiah are joined by guests like Langston Kerman, uh, Vashti, Cola and Steve Barry to name a few Steve Barra to name a few sorry to discuss and share never before heard stories about some of the most hype and influential brands they'll talk about everything from Nike Marvel and Supreme to Crocs and Travis Scott collabs powered by real time data and insights from StockX the global marketplace for authentic current culture products history of heat dissects the past present and future of all things heat if you're a fan of my show, you might like their episode on nostalgia, which takes a step back into Yasser and Isaiah's favorite sneakers from the past and how re-releases have influenced our lives, featuring comedian Langston Kerman. I don't know how else to tell you this, but just take it from me that you want to listen to Yasser and Isaiah talk about literally anything, but especially stuff that's cool. These guys are legitimately very cool and have very good taste and are very funny. Totally a reason to subscribe to History of Heat on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or you listen to podcasts and be on the lookout for new episodes every other Thursday. Here's a conspiracy I'm on board with. I believe a lot of these people are like plucked like from like Lauren Boebert or whatever her name is. It's just like she... She was like a, a model, like a local model in Colorado or wherever the fuck she's from. And they were like, perfect. You're going to be into politics, guns, Bible. We'll just yeah. create you. We'll bullworth you behind this. Like, it well, feels she's a restaurant owner. She right. owns a restaurant. You really think Yo, she they, was bullworthed? No, I don't. Yes. I don't remember that movie well enough to say that. I think she was Dave. Well, no, bullworth had an awakening. Yeah, no, yeah. I do. They, do. they do do that. Absolutely. The party looks for people. That's how they do it. They look for people who have presence online. Look at Marjorie Taylor Greene. She had a presence online talking about Q. And uh, it's natural. You get a following. They they the they go, hey, you know, this could work to secure this seat. There's uh, enough people who, you know, they could track the Internet traffic of Q's shit and all that and go. There's enough people in this district to push her over the edge. So. Yeah, of course they do. I mean, they're they're picking everybody. I mean, and listen, she ran they, in a different district than she lives in too. Something crazy, like she like yeah, moved I think she to like the moved. district. Yeah, she moved to the di- yeah. And, that's what they do. They recruit you and then they go move here and then run here, and and we'll make you seem like you've always been there. And we know what the right is into based on who the Fox anchors are, and it's like Marjorie Taylor Green, Lauren Boebert. It's all these like, uh, you know traditionally attractive women who are like give them a gun and a bible on an american flag and people yeah people just vote for them <laughs> well yeah. think about that scene in jackie brown where uh they're watching the um fox the force sexy five? women yeah, yeah no she... the sexy women with the guns yeah, firing yeah. right is that fox force five or is that wasn't that just like a gun display oh it might you video might, I, I forget what it was but they are uh shooting i, I know what you're talking yeah, about the image that's a is predecessor in my head. <laughs> that's a predecessor to that i mean Let's get, I, but I I want to bring up a, a different conspiracy. Do it. But wait, please. Bullworth was hypnotized or he was just tired? No, no, I, no. I'm Bullworth wrong. was up like for 72 hours. He was like really, he was up for 72 straight hours and he sort of has a mental break and he starts speaking the truth. And then uh, J, him and uh, uh, what's her name? Um, 
Is it? Is it? Uh, what the fuck's her name? Um, Holly Berry. Halle Berry. Halle Berry is like a woman he meets at some point, and she's from you know she's from a, a, a very poor part of Los Angeles, and he's uh uh you know a rich white politician, and then she introduces him to hip hop. He does a rap. Yeah, I love. I think I saw Bullworth twice. In the <laughs> I love. I, I love was a Bullworth. <laughs> I love Bullworth. And then he goes and does like a little dance night. Yeah, and then and, then, and he hires. Oh, I know what it is. He cuts loose because he's hired someone to kill him. Yes. We're like 16 oh, or 17 yeah. years old when this movie came out. And I was so into it because it had like hip hop music. Like what movie? It how, makes no sense. How is a movie but- star- directed by and starring Warren Beatty made for a high school kid? In like, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I love Bullworth. Uh, Bullworth was it was pretty funny. I mean, it was I mean, it was pretty. I mean, now I haven't watched it recently, but I'm I remember curious like, if it holds enjoy this. Yeah. And then he and then, of course, spoiler alert, the assassin finishes the job. Hell yeah. When, <laughs> and when Bullworth has realized himself and realized what needs to happen for for actual know, change, for real what, change. What uh, you said, you want to talk about a different conspiracy? Well, this might be old news, I guess, but uh, Brian, they found Brian Laundry, a corpse, a partial corpse in a backpack filled with Brian Laundry stuff out in the an area where the water had receded. And my fear is that they're going to be like, it's Brian Laundry, right? And I think that he killed someone or they brought a body out there or something and he's still loose. I want to put my conspiracy out there right now that if they find Brian Laundry dead, it's not Brian. Okay. Oh, I tell my children if they don't eat their vegetables, Brian Laundry's going to come kill them in the night. <laughs> you're going to live in a van with Brian Laundry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're going to make uh, you're going to do Instagram stories across the country with Brian Laundry. Well, but now, I want to bring up why the do they want him to be alive? Like what what what's the power behind faking that we- uh, to, I guess to say we caught him and not we didn't well, get yeah, fooled to say we by a twenty three year old with an internet presence. <laughs> yeah, we caught him. We caught him. But you know the whole you know the conspiracy around the laundry petito. There, there's a whole belief that it's a false flag. There's a whole belief that it's a false flag because both of their internet presences don't start until twenty twenty. Like if you look at their Instagrams, like their first posts are pr- relatively recent, and the amount of media that sort of was available. Right, like that was made right around the time that you know she goes missing and it becomes a big media story. So, within the Q circles, it is that she is a false flag that she, uh, and and that maybe she was sacrificed. Uh, and you know, the idea that maybe she was sacrificed by sort of like you know, sex cults or something. And it, it's like a false flag in that it's supposed to draw our attention and, uh, while what like we're distracted by this and yeah we're more distracted fucked up by shit this. is happening yes on systematic on a systemic level that we're missing because we're yeah. all like where's brian laundry yeah yeah and i do find it i find the laundry petito thing for some reason so haunting because it is halloween so haunting because of the like Faking of the texts and like when was she killed and like he choked her to death, which is the most brutal form of murder. The person's passed out. So like there's a point at which they're limp and you could stop choking them. And, you know, 
Like even I've if you were like, I made a mistake. That choking is the most brutal form of murder. I can it think is. of so many more. He's tried brutal... like six or seven different ways. <laughs> I've tried six or seven times. That's very hard to do. It's very hard to do. No, it's known as the. It is the, one of the most severely punished forms of murders in courts. Strangling is heavy duty. Killing someone with your bare hands, like you're killing someone with your bare hands, John. No, 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 no. Of course, but I feel like, from my perspective, if I had uh, choices of ways to be murdered, like I feel like choking would be like almost preferential because I feel like because you, you pass out. If you if you like, you can sort of choke yourself easily. Like if you you can sort of cut off your blood flow in your neck and like. You but really start different. to just feel like lightheaded and, you know, yes, but like I don't think it would be hurt or like I think you'd like pass out pretty quick. But we're not talking about what the murdered person would prefer. <laughs> That's not the perspective that it's coming I from. I take the uh, sorry, I take the murdered person into consideration when I think it's, of Thank you, John. I uh, consider you. the victim. You're right, John. <laughs> thank you, John. It is the fact that the person's premeditation and brutality extends beyond their comfortable passing out yes they're convicted in killing them they're they're they're, they're con dedicated yeah, the conviction in killing them is when they are vulnerable and they could stop if you had regret you could stop stabbing someone seems uh really brutal as well like you're having yeah, it takes totally a lot stabbed. of stabs it takes a lot of stabs when you realize it takes a lot of stabs to really fucking stab somebody <laughs> to death. I don't know. I think the second one is way easier than the first one. No, you got to break the rib cage. Is, yeah, once, once you break the seal of stabbing someone, then you're like, okay, two and 24 stabs are the same level of difficulty in my book. The second stab and the 24th stab. Know, but and you know you what pop, you never think you of? Stop. Once the blood, it's... You gotta have gloves or something, because once you're once that blood's all over your hand, the knife becomes slippery in the handle. So you're trying to stab, and you're not able to use your. You think, oh, I use my full force, I stab. The knife's it's gonna get slippery, and you're gonna it's gonna slip out of your hand, or you know yeah. it's gonna be harder. You're gonna have to push on the back of the handle. Always bring Poisoning. multiple knives to a murder. Like if you're gonna yeah. stab someone to death, you might as well have a backup knife. Is what poisoning? Poisoning seems the most delightful. Because it would be fun to like watch the person take the drink and then you look at them and you're like, you poisoned. <laughs> and they're like, what? And you're like, you're poisoned. And you're dead. You've There's nothing poisoned, that you can sweetheart. do. And you're like, what? What? What do you mean? <laughs> like confusion. I like the idea of them being confused and like you get a little extra time talking to them before they go. Yeah, you don't even have no to mess. say it. You poison them until yeah. you watch them collapse and be like, ooh, what's the matter? <laughs> Central yeah, no nervous system no shutting down? <laughs> Delightful, brutal. You really are just thinking of the murderer's perspective. Yeah. Of course. The victim is too... You know why I can't think of the victim? I can't think of the victim because that's too horrifying to me to think of being the victim of what? A, uh, while crime. we're on this subject, do you think that this, like true crime obsession and uh, that society-wise, like the obsession with serial killers. Do you think that skews the Overton window of evil in a way where it's like, this guy cut the heads off children and ate ate their faces, and it's like right. he's a monster. He's this. He's crazy. It's like this guy here cut funding to a public school, and it's causing the kids to go hungry and go uneducated, yeah. and and creates a system. It's like. We're like, well, he's not cutting the heads off kids and eating the faces. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. all right. Yeah. We're all so into like all our shows are murder and horror and everything. And it's like, 
that common heart, like the fact that kids die, pedestrian children die all the time by being hit by cars is like, we yeah. don't have time to talk about what cars are doing to how because many cars. It's <laughs> not a story of the macabre. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels, it feels like if they keep giving us, if they get to choose, if they meaning media, public society at large gets to choose what we're upset about, they yeah. can do other things. Like, if you get your partner worked up about something specific, they might not be as mad at you for the thing you've done in a weird way. You know what I mean? Where it's like, but are people yeah. outraged? Like, I don't feel like people are watching true crime and getting outraged. I feel like they're watching it and getting sort of titillated. They're not yeah, yeah. devious pleasure. People aren't out really of it. going like that monster. How dare he? They're going like, wow, how do you get away with that guy? Yeah. Like, and they get scared the by trunk it. What and if him that were the- me? And all they, I think there's the what were you know. What's the documentary about the guy who murdered his wife and he dropped his two kids into the fucking oil vats? It's on Netflix. And like he like went out oh, yeah, like American like, murder missing. or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. like the neighbor was like, don't trust this dude. <laughs> yeah. And it's so crazy. And I when I watched it and I just the only thing that stuck in my mind was like, I could not imagine the idea of taking a child who's two or three or four and just holding them over a very small opening into a black pit of oil and being like, bye-bye. Like, I (laughs) I can't understand how you could even bring your mind to to be there to do that. But like the surf instructor instructor in California who killed both of his kids because he believed that they were demons. Yeah. He drove to Mexico and stabbed them with a spear fishing gun. Like, yeah. That's fuck. That's now we're just saying. You know what's fucked up? It's like, yeah, but uh, but wait. But I want to say the the deeper cut. I think is that because I was fine. I was thinking about this walking to get the rental car today. <laughs> was like the thing that's bizarre that to you're me, using to dispose of, that I'm using uh, to dispose of bodies <laughs> that I fresh you know fresh kills. Um, that like the the thing I think so interesting is and maybe why it's become an you know besides the internet and podcasts and all that shit have just like you know it feels like there's more of it out there, but like. I think the the I I do think that every one of us has dithering terrible thoughts. Every one of us wakes up from dreams of like horrible things that we've done in the dream or whatever. In throughout our life, you know, maybe not every day, but at least once in your life you've had a dream where you've done something horrible and you wake up and go, oh, "Thank God I didn't do that" or whatever. Like I think that those thoughts and that capacity is within you, and I think it is at a level fascinating that there are people who, for whatever reason, that part is the prominent part. That part's the dry... You know, I think the person who's popping those heads up on the fucking bulletin board of the babies, they're they're in a whole perspective of like, this looks great. This fifth baby head looks great. I finally got it. Now I'm going to build another five and make sort of two pyramids and that'll make they'll sort of be as above boat so below because i'm really into rosicrucianism too because i'm fucking crazy but like you know i don't know are they they're broken in that way in the in relationship to the norm but their brain and our brain they might be different the way they fire but they all produce the same sort of thoughts it's just their thoughts are populated with that i think along not exactly what we're talking about but like the ca- calling of people of evil and like Democrats are killing children, uh, raping children. That's stuff yeah. that really gets the anger up in people. And that, yeah. that is dehumanizing. It's something, it is, yeah, exactly. It is something that you could 
find yourself wanting to kill someone over. Like if someone was like, yeah. I killed a kid and I drank their blood, you'd be like, I got to yeah. kick your fucking ass or something. Well, and yeah. I, and that feels like that just puts targets on so many people where but it's that's like a person too, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's not a guy. new. That's yeah, been otherizing. Otherizing people have been going on forever. You know, I mean the Spartans and the Athenians, like, you know, whoever is the group that's the other, you, you otherize them. I mean, the, the Marine Corps, the whole idea is to otherize the enemy. So you, you have to do a lot to convince someone that you can kill them. It goes against every human instinct for most people. So then think about, they had to create all this psychological stuff they did, including weird experiments like MK ultra that produced Ted Kaczynski and probably some of the older mass shooters, like the Las Vegas guy. And we just don't know it yeah. that, uh, these, you know, we fucked around people's minds to try to condition them to do things that go against their nature. Well, that eventually became stuff that leaked into advertising and leaked into internet, you know, design and how, you know, that's now we're all victims of that. <laughs> Otherizing <laughs> shit. It's fucked up. It's all done. It's all gone to pot. Just let it go. Have, have some fun. That's my well, thing. It's all I, shit. I, have some fun. I always do. We know that's your thing. <laughs> I always end up thinking back right. to the thing of like, you know, they always go like, well, why haven't we seen evidence of other intelligent civilizations in the universe? You know, you'd think with the age of the universe and the the sort of, you know, the scope of what we can see and observe throughout the universe, you'd think if they had ever existed odds are i mean i think it passed a certain tipping point maybe i'm wrong we're like the odds are that you'd see some evidence of it somewhere right. um and i think it's just getting to this level of civilization technologically and what you know and what a society can sort of withstand at a certain scale with a certain technology i think it's a pretty big bar to pass to make it past the point that we're at. Like it's a pretty big filter that we're passing through right now. Yeah. And I like it's this. yeah. It's hard to get out of this and and make your way out into whatever fabulous like 2001 into the universe, you know, seeds in the wind. Yeah, we're like we're so looking inward on all our drama and like you could argue even shrink that down off of earth, shrink that smaller than earth to just America where we could be pushing outward and helping instead we're just constantly putting out fires in our own house well it's called we have the, all the resource we have all the water the world's on yeah. fire and we just keep spraying it at the two arsonists that we let live in our house <laughs> yeah well you or know the, it's called the fermi paradox which yeah. is named after the italian american physicist enrico fermi it basically says that we can't we don't detect alien life because you self civilizations essentially always collapse upon themselves before they reach interstellar flight. Why go out into the <clears throat> universe? It's so much harder to go out into the universe when you could collapse inward into virtual space and just yeah. exist yeah, there or die there. Do, do you think, do you think there'll be a time in the future, maybe two, 300 years, let's say if we're <clears throat> still around because they keep launching these larger, they're going to start putting telescopes directly into space, right? And this way, there's no well, Hubble. 
haze. Yeah, but I'm talking ones that are out, like they're going to send telescopes out of the solar system once they can get faster relay so that they really have no disruption, you know, no, there's less disruption from the lens and also better and better telescopes. I wonder if there'll be a point at which we can observe planets. We could actually observe another planet that has a civilization on it and maybe even get into the point where you can observe people on the planet or creatures or whatever. Uh, and that will become a form of entertainment to track. It'll be monetized in some It'll way. Be monetized. <laughs> on, and on you can Earth, see yeah. closer and closer and you go, that's Brian Laundry over there. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, I know it. I away with it, bro. <laughs> Vegan life, bro. Uh, this is something I've fuck talked him, about before. Fuck him. Possibly with both of you, but maybe just with Ant. But, uh, and John, it's something you're saying too. Like, it's so much easier to look in virtually. It feels like the boomer generation was, at least in, uh, anecdotally on like my northeastern tri-state area experience, that boomer generation was like, we made it, we survived. Now all that matters is your kids go to college, you ha- get a home, you you, yeah. you know, and it shrinks everyone's world to just their own family where there used to be yeah. a little bit more of a community. And now everyone is personal freedoms and themselves. Everyone's kind of turned inward. And yeah. Even like, you know, rural communities that talk about like, hey, but they're still, we're all still not paying attention to our neighbors or ignoring our neighbors. No. And if we all extend it, like, and this is something I, I'm so corny, but like, if we all extended our, like, what our empathy uh, vision, like 10% and just in like one out of 10 times, like, demonstrated empathy to someone that wasn't in your nuclear family, like wasn't in your family. Like yes. if everyone did that, we'd cover each other a little yeah. bit, you know, we'd like, but that has to translate to action of some sort. Right. Like, I think it's worth admitting also like society at a certain scale is not, doesn't come naturally to us as a species, you know, past yeah. a certain yeah. point, too different. it's hard. Yeah. So yeah. with the, with social media, you know, with bigger and bigger media reach, we can, feel empathy for people and see other people's stories. You know, there's a lot of talk about like telling all these different stories. We can experience different stories and that still doesn't necessarily translate to action. Right. Translate to us sacrificing something. Like what would we actually sacrifice to make the person in that story that we empathize with lives better? There's like, there's awareness which you could say something that happens on the internet, more awareness, more right, more access to more different things, points of view. But the sort of extending of empathy in the day-to-day life of interacting with people or interacting with your neighbor is not a monetizable thing. And right. I think the big problem is that the even the idea of like, here's my story is part of your profile and part of the way you get followers and the way you monetize. It's and the same as game. Long, yeah. As long as we have a form of social interaction that is predicated on what is nothing more than like a Dwayne Reed coupon newspaper, <laughs> which is what Twitter and fucking Facebook are. That's all they are. They are advertising platform that people talk on because it's free. That as long as that's the case and you can make money off of that cheat, it's like it's like as if our society had to pass through the filter of the inquirer right, in order right. to like yeah. and it, it, it's fucking absurd when when actual inter and I would argue I still believe generally human nature is good and I think generally on the ground people are empathetic and kind to each other moreover than not 
And I think the the problem though, and 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 is the it's a toxicity. This thing I just talked about. It's a, it, there's nothing. It's toxic, and it it's more and more invading the real world, which is I think disturbing. And if you, it's not stopped, I think it will fundamentally alter society. And uh, I think the majority of people will just become screaming, ranting. I I don't think that's now. I think everyone believes that's now. But that's not. The no, we have plates. We that. have further to go. Unfortunately, <laughs> we have way further to go. We have way further to go, and it could it could be stopped. But it's like the environment. It's all these things of like you could just step out of the room and make a new choice, but you won't. People yeah. won't, and we know that because here's why: in your own life, right? In my own life. How much does it take for me to run? How much does it take for me to clean my office? How much does it take for me to, you know, oh, I got to, you know, I have to make dinner. I'm going to make dinner, but I'm going to drag my feet and I'm fucking, God damn it, I got to do it. So at a human level, if there's even things I do or procrastinate on, some of them have to do with fundamental stuff. Like I should make this appointment for my colonoscopy and I don't want to do it because I don't want to shit for 24 hours like liquid. I already do that. Yeah. I need double time. <laughs> Take it from me. And it's you, it's manageable. <laughs> right. So if human if if we at our human nature are like that, why would we be better than ourselves when we are collected? Right. When we're collected, we're going to be worse than ourselves. Tying that into something <laughs> that Gamberling said earlier about you see this story and you see someone's uh plight and you uh, feel empathy towards them, but you don't make any sacrifice that helps them in any way. Part of the issue is so many people are living such precarious lives because like everyone is afraid to like be broke or lose their job because work is tied to money, which is tied to housing, which is tied to uh, work. You can't get health insurance without work. You can't fix your like if you can't help your sick kid without having a job so like yeah we're all in these precarious natures where it's like we can't like they're it's purposeful someone one time said like you know like if hippie if we we shouldn't have made fun of hippies clothes and smells so much like they had a lot of good like the commune life there's like a lot of ideas of like that could be very helpful for a certain sect of you the would. population like I, that could be I a don't way know to, about that but but would you like to leave your apartment <laughs> no. you may have problems with your apartment or whatever do you want to go live in collectivized housing no with, not at all you know, but but like the fact that we're do. all in filthy such- hippies do. <laughs> oh yeah, we're all stinky in such fucking filth bag. stinky fucking patchouli Reeking rat hippies. Fucking- is that is that? Yes, that's crazy. But like, we also have people living in parks in like in communities now. You know what I mean? Hey, like, man. let's let's back these people up in some capacity. You know, back it up, back bro. it up, man. Hey, man. <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You got plenty of room. <laughs> like, <laughs> people can't take time. People can't take time uh, off work. People can't like get away from their kids to like do anything meaningful and helpful because it's because we live in a cap because the capitalist exploitative state makes money. As we said earlier, the primary focus, we could cleave the state so that therefore those who want to be greedy could remain being greedy. Cause we're also not going to get rid of greedy people. Same way. We're not going to get rid of the poor, sick and suffering. We're not going to get rid of greedy people. They're going to exist. So cleave it. And instead, create a 
I mean, lack of a better word, a security state, a fundamental state. In other words, instead but are of we greedy it, people, I mean, like we're used no, to like, we're surviving our, people. But my standard of living that I'm accustomed to is at least in part based on a, an unequal society where wealth and yeah. stuff is distributed unequally, you know, like. Right. It, but what I'm saying, though, is that, <clears throat> yeah, okay, yes, you could argue that any of us are greedy because we have stuff. But, but I don't know. I feel like greed is a very particular attribute, which is having your security stuff and fundamentals and then not only wanting more than that in order to lead a luxurious lifestyle, but then even more just simply to have it. That to me is what I look at as greed. Um, yeah. But I would say that like if you had the, we've talked about this before the starter pack, but if you cleaved away the idea that earning money had something to do with your fundamentals. In other words, if your fundamentals of education, healthcare, basic power, uh, electricity, basic water, if all those things and housing were things that were just part of the fabric of existing in society that weren't determined by your earning, right? Yeah. Then, then what happens is, okay, I have an electric credit. If I want to run my AC all the time, then I have to pay over whatever my electric minimum is, you know? And, and, you could tar, you don't have to make a federal standard. You could make a state by state, city by city, energy usage, you know, standard by which people get, but there could be a federal minimum so that states can't fuck people. There are all sorts of ways so that then if I'm earning when I go to my job or so on, uh, uh, it's because, okay, well, yeah, I want to make more money to live in this house and I want to do these things and, uh, and I'm working to do that. Well, then if someone wants to do that, who gives? I don't give a fuck if they want to do that. Yeah. If everyone's housed and has health care and has proper education and has the basic needs that will just be a part of your existence as a citizen, I think then who cares? I, I think minor then. minor greed <sighs> comes out as ambition in a capitalistic capitalist society. Like what what I, like what Gamberling is saying, I agree with like I have a level that I wouldn't want to live otherwise. You know what I mean? Like, but right. I'm not. Uh, I'm not like not raising the f wages of my five employees to like squeeze another five cents out of the stone. You know what I mean? Right. I think, I think that's, that's the, the level of the problem is the people who have $900 million, but want $901 million. Yeah. That's and the they'll problem. do anything and they have too much power because we power equals money and money equals power sort of, yeah. uh, P, P then Q, Q then P both ways. Yeah. It feels it feels like we shouldn't feel guilty. Like if you're making six figures and you know, you're participating in society and help like that's some, that's some like it sucks. It's, it's more than some people and it is uh, unequal across the board, but we're not saying like financial equality. We're saying like, less financial terrorism like i don't even know what the expression is but like again so, so a, yeah. say, a, a thing that removes the idea that if you lose you money have you're to dead go struggle. If, you, if you go and, broke, yeah, you lose you money, might as well dead. die yeah and the and truth of the matter is as a gen xer as a as a 47 year old man jesus even though those <laughs> things were even though those things weren't sort of baked in i think it's that those things were still assumed for my generation yeah i'll always be able to afford an apartment i'll be able to right? pay my bills yes. I'll, I'll work and i'll figure it out and 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 i'll and if i want to do it's really up to me if i want to succeed or not okay so that was one kind of an illusion 
Two, it was just catch as catch can, but things were still relatively affordable. That that was going away when I was growing up. It's gone now. And the problem is, is that I think because everyone collectively believed it, but it wasn't it was a by word of mouth rule. It wasn't an actual rule. Just make it an actual rule. Just return it to, yeah, you're not, you're gonna, you don't have to worry. You'll be able to live here and do this and do that. And then go pursue what you want. I, I don't understand why that's so fucking hard. That like that, that would pretty much solve it because generally most things have to do with people being like, I need some time off. I don't need to be sweating every fucking second of my life because I am afraid some cataclysm will happen. I can't afford it. And I need to know I have a home and food on the table and that that's it. That's all people fucking want. And, and, and also, if that shit was provided, like if the basic needs was provided or at least subsidized in some way, then I think people would take there wouldn't be such a drive towards certain jobs. Like not everyone would want to work yeah. in business and in, in yeah. and in entertainment and in people would, influencing yeah. because you could say, well, I don't need that much money. And I like teaching. Kids. Yes. Now I can and, just be a teacher, but now you can't be two teachers and have a yeah. house and in, then in then a lot of places. And then yeah. it's like, you get better people as teachers and you also start to get more locally produced things. People start to go, oh, I'll buy the bookshelf from the carpenter who makes bookshelves here. And, st- and you actually and that person can make bookshelves because they yes. lose their home because Ikea opened in Red Hook. Yeah, exactly. And I think what it will do is actually the irony is the dream that the far right have of their fictitious small town America where you go to the local general store and all that bullshit. Their crazy fucking fantasy about that becomes real. And the sort of far left, you know, idea of social equality and safety net and bypass, (laughs) that happens. So everybody gets what they want. But the only thing you have to dump, unfortunately, is the two versions, which is on the right, it is the religious fundamentalism that is packaged as righteousness, righteousness packaged as that. And on the left is the righteousness of needing to actually agree with ideologically whatever the motivations are behind why that safety net's there. So if, and I'd say that not like judging even either of them, that's just the righteousness package for both of them. And so the thing you have to dump is, is CEOs and companies taking way more than their fair share in profit. I mean, none of it works. If you make everything equal, you won't be able to afford three T-shirts for what it yeah, actually costs to make it and pay a living wage to people, you know? And it's horrifying that those pe- CEOs and corporations will make a decision that would raise their stock price one penny, like that would affect their workers negatively, and that is the choice. Like that- oh, wh- wh- which which stock is this? Sorry? <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's, oh, I should check my stock. Oh, good. All, <laughs> all my that's weeds- what I'm do- That's what I just did. <laughs> my weed stocks popped off yesterday and are dumping off today. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The, I got out of the weed stock game. I'm only on cannabis uh, stocks because I don't understand the, anything about money or business. And here I am <laughs> screaming about it on my podcast to make sure people get... But well, I get... John, you're right. It's like... And the fact is... There's this game that the fuck yeah Anthony you're wrong but I said what John was fuck? right what I was inferring really was that you were wrong because you guys said opposite opinion no that's but, how I see the world John, but, but the CEO shit is right John because we have the CEO is a carrot for uh, everyone and a stick in that look 
It sucks. The CEO can do whatever they want. But hey, someday you could be the CEO and you could do whatever you want. Well, that's the lottery Okay, well, then I'll just sit here and keep... Yeah, I'll sit here at the blackjack table and lose more money. If it's a chance, I could get a blackjack. It feels... But the fundamental change, you could take all the CEO bonuses and, and, and they wouldn't pay for a year of what would have to happen to support people. So in so I agree with it, but that's actually not the place. The the place is the is both the corporate breaks, lack of taxation and profiteering that they make, but it also has something to do more with the fundamental idea of running deficits without concern because money is also tied to power, production and uh scope. And so when you re-envision the way that the country works, you have to take yourself out of the model of who's going to pay for what and blah, 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 because it's not paying for anymore. It is just fundamentally part of our society that these things are provided and assured for the same way proper road tr- upkeep or uh, the you know proper uh, uh, um, regulation of food or drugs or you know any of the thing it's just an assumed part of society which folds it in in a way that no longer makes it something where we talk about how do we pay for it it is the same way we never discuss how we pay for the defense budget never. I don't, that's the ever. one thing we never discuss we never discuss we it so it. I agree with everything about like CEOs and all that and this absurd gluttony of aspiration but I think that what would happen is well tax avoidance too yeah what absolutely but what I think happens is that if you change this part that aspiration will die with that part changing because because it's, it's no longer the only way to survive is yeah, to because when you're jacked out working all the time all you have to do is think well maybe if i became the ceo or won the lottery or became internet famous then i'd have my millions and so what does it equate money just equates security so why don't we cleave away the concept of money and security so that we can just look at what is the security we need as people to to feel it, it that that's my biggest problem is the idea that we always connect them and every side connects them every side connects the money and the security and it and it's the reason why you lose the argument because the reason why it always doesn't reach people in my view really is that you always make it about like this more about punishment it's either punishing the poor or punishing those working long hours because they're lazy or whatever on the right or it's punishing ceos and 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 wealthy people uh and i'm not saying you shouldn't i'm just saying that when that's the way you talk about it it is going to reduce people's attraction to some degree because they a part of them always goes, well, what if I'm the person with a lot of money? I don't want to lose it. It's natural. Human beings think that way. They go, I don't want my stuff taken. So because money's I don't not just canceled. security. Yeah. Money's not just security for everybody. Money is also power. It's pussy. It's, it's you food. Know, it's housing. Stuff. It's it's whatever you yeah. want it. To well, be. that's security. I mean, but like power, like if pussy, it were and ju- poutine. <laughs> If it were just security, that would be one thing. But obviously, it's, you know, for some people more than others, it's a means to take and lord over and, you know, and and set up security for your family for generations and and guaranteeing that your grandkids will be pricks as well. Well, I love the whole thing where it's like service workers and like, you know, there's this great uh, people are walking out of hotels and and, you know, there's this voluntary almost general strike. And, you know, uh, they think it has to do with wages and they have to do with this. Uh, and I'm always I'm like, all you have to do is go watch Cringe Report on YouTube plug 
and uh, which I have nothing to do with, but I love watching it. And it's just watching these same most, let's face it, mostly like no mask, anti-vax, some stripe of fucking radical Q Trump piece of shit who is screaming in the face of these fucking workers. And as a wait, former waiter, I'm sure you worked in service. It's like if you've worked in service, you just put your service brain on and go, would I even last five minutes in the current no I, no amount of fucking money would make me want to eat shit from these pieces of fucking shit every day like, i saw no i saw an EM, i saw an emt quoted as saying once you realize your boss is okay with killing you you realize you don't need the job anymore and i think like yeah I'll, they're putting fun you know like this is anecdotal, obviously, but you're putting a 17-year-old kid at the Starbucks counter and he's got to tell a 40-year-old off-duty cop to like pull his mask up over his nose. Yeah, It's like, we, we can't even do that where it's like, you don't have to go to Starbucks. If you don't want to wear a mask, you can make coffee at home. Like, there's yeah. like a way to do it. Like, on the plane, I flew on uh, a flight not, uh, to J uh, New York to LAX and they keep having to make announcements that sound like general announcements, but they're so clearly for one person. It's like just a reminder that you have to keep your mask on at all times. Even, and then it's like, eventually there's like a ninth announcement. It's like, and the mask has to be over your nose and they're clearly getting angry. And it's like, this is one fucking dude in the back who yep. won't put his seatbelt on on the bus. And now the bus driver won't drive us to our field trip. Put your fucking yeah. seatbelt on and let's just go. You and didn't have bullshit. to get on this plane. I mean, maybe and you had to, but then you got to play along. You gotta play by and the, the plane FAA, rules. Just fucking do it. Put people on a no-fly list. They refuse to wear their mask. You're on a no-fly list. You put can't a white fly. person on a no-fly list for the yeah. first time ever. What the fuck, man? <laughs> and like, yeah, for it fuck's is sake. So I'm sure wild. there's plenty of people on no-fly list, but none uh -huh. of them are made named Gary from fucking Alabama. Yeah. Fucking Gary. Fucking <laughs> Gary. Come on. <laughs> I thought Gary was from Indiana. <laughs> I, oh, I I literally wow. stopped myself from saying that because I was like, no, that reference is <laughs> you need to jump a little further. <laughs> uh, but is like, what's the path? So, something that I've personally made a decision on is uh, I'm no longer going to donate money to politicians. I'm only going to donate money to mutual aid organizations. I'm going to like, I'm so tired of being like, you won't believe what's happening in Atlanta. Ossoff will save it though, and you're like, no, yeah, give me bullshit. the person who's you know building homes for veterans in a Atlanta, and let me send them. Like, I'll send them money. Like, that's how I, I'm yep. feeling, and I'm talking about a, a few hundred dollars a year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. but you're, but this you're is you're donating my own, the big bucks. This is my own personal, like, in my own personal mindset <laughs> of just like. Uh, politics isn't the way out of this. It's people. And I know that's like whack to say, but like it's helping each other. It's politics is not good. The way to fix the political issues is not through it's more sending politics. $200 to veterans housing. Every yeah. once in a while. Hey, <laughs> people No, every little bit. Oh, it's helps. helping. It's like helping every someone every little bit, helping helps. an actual person in person. Like, yeah, that's I, well, Mitra, Mitra, uh, did, that incredible thing of making those feminine hygiene, hygiene packs yeah. for all the mm -hmm. homeless women. There's always a, a or unhoused women. There's always an opportunity to uh, find, especially through even your friend network, somebody who's doing something that you're like, well, I should be doing this. So I'll throw them some money. Right. So, right. Because I, <laughs> I don't have the fucking organizational skills to do that. So like, it's good. Like, you know, and for example, I'm dragging ass to make my family dinner. 
Like I'm yeah, just, I'm exactly. going to be to get me to drive to another neighborhood. And like, that's, that seems unattainable, right? It just seems like I don't have time for that. I barely have time to do the stuff that I have to do. I do and, a lot of clothing donation. I do can donation now. Like, I think you're right. Like that's the, the, the I stopped all that like act blue shit, you yeah, know, I, I'm, and I'm over all that. All that. It always bullshit. just, it always just feels like a big, they're like, well, can you believe what just happened? Please donate oh, to so this person. Gross. It's like, so yeah. gross, especially when you donate and then immediately they're like, thank you for your money. Now, if you were to give us another thousand dollars and you're like, why? What is happening here? I've had to hang up on Planned Parenthood. They're like, like, I'm like, I just gave you money. Like, you're calling me. You're bothering me. And you're like sales pitch sucking me into this conversation that I can't get out of. I like. And you're paying you someone to, to make this call. Do yeah. not pay them that. Use that money to provide health care. <laughs> I don't feel good about hanging up on Planned Parenthood, but it's like. <laughs> right. But, but it starts to feel. It, it, it starts to feel like another, not Planned Parenthood per se, but it starts to feel like another grift where it's like, well, shit has hit the fan. We need to raise money so that people can go to Joe Manchin's boat and tell him to vote the right way. It's like, wait, we, they're like, we have to get Joe Manchin out. And it's like, all right, Los Angeles celebrity, you know, Hollywood celebrities yeah, start paying real. for the guy to go against Joe Manchin. It's like, no, Hollywood celebrities start paying for houses for unhoused people that live within a mile of you right now. Yeah, like, well, it all feeds the same crisis narrative that is part of the media landscape of the internet and it does make you feel plus you've been trapped in your home and so many things have been going on but like getting out into the world living your fucking life and at a minimum i think the way to better things is at a minimum and i say this as a reform person who went back at a certain point and went wow i need to shut up which was stop weighing in on shit that you don't know about. Stop fucking, you know, turn. If you're going to be on social media, turn it into something for yourself that feeds you information you're interested in, feeds you potential organizations you'd want to don donate to, and just start muting all the crisis. Just start muting all of it because you can't do anything about it. You can only act locally. So just stop. And, you know, I, my mental relief is through the fucking roof. And I think that is really for the mental health of the nation. People need to fucking <laughs> stop. Just fucking stop. Shut the Shut fuck up. up. Shut up. No one cares. No one gives a shit about who's the, you know, what person said wrong about the Bond movie or who fought. Get off, I, like, get off cares? the internet and go into nature and you may be inspired enough to want to save nature. <laughs> like, yeah. Like that's. That, it, it there's so there's so much going on and it's like so overwhelming you could easily just feel buried by it but if you take your one little path and you go you know what i'm going to do this small thing uh but sorry just to jump back to something else we were saying like oh i people want to volunteer their time to help organizations and help people that need it but no yeah. one can because you got to work 70 hours a week yep. to keep a roof over your head and to get not lose your health insurance because you have diabetes like cuz all the yep. like there's we're not even like no one has time and i think that benefits the people who have all the money and that it's like i they don't have time to do anything helpful they just have to keep yeah. working cuz every dollar you earn uh, from a corporation they're earning what yeah. two you know what i mean like more two, than that not yeah but it's you like, know did, did you think about it it's like it's such a crunch and it's because our ideas 
probably have always been ahead of our organization, like human beings, sort of aspirational needs never match up with our actual capacity to execute. The other thing is, is that even some of the ideas we're talking about, even in nations that are desperate for help and relief, there is thinking and in nations that exploit us uh, uh, for oil and so on, they're thinking about many social issues and who's a human being and who gets put to death simply for being who they are. That is also like a, a large part of the world. And, and, and we have only been like this really since 1945. So when you really consider how little time has been actually spent in essentially the order that we're in some form of the order we're in. Yeah, it's only like 80 we, years. Yeah. It's 80 fucking years, you know, and, and, uh, the expectation is because our media reflects back to our experience, I think is a large part of it for everyone who's grown up in this period. We believe it's the larger scope of history, but it's not. And, uh, that, uh, means that we really are in you know we're betting on you know snake eyes at the crafts table like right. it's not like we're betting the fucking pass line like the idea that we think this is what's going to sustain is kind of nuts when all of your history shows that's very not likely and you see our worst instincts finding a way to have a a, a way to really get into people's minds so my macabre statement would be that you, it's gonna. I mean, listen. I say live your life and all that shit because it's gonna be so terrible. Oh, it's gonna be so terrible. Everything's gonna just get so much worse and way worse <laughs> for like a decade plus, if if not longer. So like, you gotta buckle in and find your little space because it's gonna be shit in every which way. Not just like oh, the awful issues of society and poverty and all the things that obviously are terrible at a fundamental level. It's gonna be awful at a discourse level, an interaction level. Uh, in every way, it's just going to be fucking, you know, mind numbing and, and, and you're going to want to, you're just going to hate pretty much everybody. So, you know, spooky dookie. And if you go out, and if you go out into the woods to love nature, as, as Gaber said, maybe appreciate the environment and you might stumble upon a piece of Brian Laundry's corpse. Yeah. And <laughs> if so, believe take it. a photo. Take no, a photo. Call it a hashtag false flag. Send <laughs> yeah. it to me. Yeah, exactly. You could be a small piece in the tapestry of the laundry saga. <laughs> yeah. So get out there, junior safari hunters, and oh, find wow. those pieces of laundry. John, I really thought you were going to say something different when John, you started as, that sentence. As a, as a dad, do you have like a do you have like a a longer term perspective on the future in any way? Like, is that something that enters into your mind? Like, what the world will be like for the kids in fifty years, sixty years? Or do you not give a shit about them at all? No, I mean obviously I, you care I, about them, I, but because that's it's it's awful. I mean, to I think hope about. they're not like. Yeah. Why did you bring me into this world? Yeah. <laughs> at any point, but uh, I, uh, I, I, I mean, th there's like the selfish part of me that still calculates, like, okay, like uh two like three degrees of warming by the end of the century i won't be alive then yeah so how my bad grandkids is it gonna get before like before i die yes. you know <laughs> oh, yeah absolutely i'm it's like only... my kids uh, i'm hoping they'll sort of like be used to it like growing up in it they'll be a little more mentally prepared for it than we are yeah because it feels like such a shift um but i i sort of think 
I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I it's don't know. It's how... like it's like too big to think about in a weird way because like we don't even know what is beholden for us for the next ten, fifteen years. <laughs> also, things things are going to be worse than we think in some ways. Probably better than we think in other ways. And it's just not. You know, like it's so easy to imagine how things will unfold, and then in the imagining of it, it, it sort of cements in your mind as that's how it will be. But I think as we see day to day things, it's just like this sort of staggering existence of like lurching in one direction to the next. And reacting to that day's issue of like, okay, fix. Okay. What turn this way? And there's just, you're staggered into a new issue that you are. Yeah. Okay. And just like keep, you're like sideshow Bob stepping on rakes yeah. in the Cape fear episode. <laughs> well, think mentally you have small life, big life, right? You have mentally, you have your life. Small life, like the things you do, make dinner, get high, or, you know, go see a movie, fight, argue, make up, all those things, right? Small life. And then you have big life, which is like, what's, what am I a part of? And, and both of them have to do with threat assessment. Like the th big life seems very threatening right now, right? Yeah. And the hard thing is to parse whether that's real or whether it's sort of projected and that's not real. And will it become real? Because it's projected is sort of the, I think the, the 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 deepest anxiety people have is that there's sort of like the fear is there, whether it's real or whether it will become real. And it feels like there shouldn't be two options there and one option of normalcy. Right. Right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> which is what sucks. <laughs> Speaking of sucks, you guys have a new podcast. What the fuck? <laughs> hey, you fucking hey, fuck. All press yeah, is good press, off. you fucks. <laughs> we have a new pod. We should talk about the Reddit thread that formed off of us saying that we were having a podcast coming out in March on your show. Yep. <laughs> and then a Reddit thread started that was like bitching about how we didn't release it. Yeah. Well, there have been a couple Reddit threads. One that was like, where is this? Didn't I hear them mention this? <laughs> well, now and it's seven months later and it is actually out. It's it's, it's coming, coming out. out October 25th, Monday, Which is October in the past. It's already came out this week. It's already it came, came out, out this week. On Monday. Open up it's whatever app you're listening to this podcast Apple, on and hit Spotify, subscribe. Stitcher, yeah. and it's called The Phony and Collie Show, and that's spelled T-H-E-P-H-O-N-E-Y and call C-A-L-L-Y show. <laughs> the worst name I... Yeah, when it's Still coming to fear. SEO, search uh, search engine optimization, it's not ideal. But it's a great fucking name if you know anything it, about the Tony and Johnny with history. With Tony and Johnny. It's Tony. And it's where we, we decided during the pandemic, we were talking on the phone every day. And we've done this for years since John moved. We talk daily. And uh, uh, if anyone if anyone wants the spiel, they could jump back to the March episode and just listen to you explain the premise. <laughs> oh, of your I could cut I could cut it in here if that's helpful. <laughs> yeah, that would be helpful. I'd rather you know not spend time. Can on Wait, did I do an episode of the show, or am I remembering you guys coming on my show? I feel like I no, did. No, you're in the you're second the upcoming, episode. You're in the upcoming episode. Yeah, Excellent. you're in the next episode. <laughs> you're in the Hell next yeah. episode. Gabrus is our guest for the next the episode, next but episode. we have fun. It's just about friends having phone calls and we improv and and we. We do sound we do uh sound so the improv we i go back through and make it 
sound like whatever the environment is. Throw so a little actually, sound design in there. A little. There's a lot of sound design. Breaking celery. It's way too much work for a weekly podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But, the I Love Lucy but... sounds exactly like an I Love Lucy. It's pretty <laughs> no, good. No, it sounds great. It's produced very well. Yeah, uh, it's funny and fun. Anthony loves to learn a new skill. He like loves to learn. Like he's like, all right, yeah, I'm gonna just do Twitch now for a year. Now he's yeah. like editing sound foley and shit like that. Just keeps piling up stuff. To- I I told yeah. John, I go, it's my version of um, a shed, like editing and like After Effects and audition. That's like my version of like I'm gonna go in the shed and fucking tinker. Yeah, and I'll just like take I'll, a like, couple literally- of rips and then just fucking click <laughs> yes. on shit for two hours. Yeah, it rules. <laughs> yeah, like I make full graphics packages for nothing. I do like <laughs> I make like a whole graphics package just to see how to make like a a a circle roll in like a boulder and have like water coming off of it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't I wait to listen to that episode. <laughs> uh, we don't talk about any of that. The boulders uh, coming. The... It's on all things comedy too. Hell yeah. yeah it's on, uh, on all things comedy before Bill Burr, you know, is one of the co-founders there. So that gives the seal of approval. That's exciting. Yeah. Hitch your, hit, your wagon to the Bill We'll hitch Burr. our wagon there. He completely approves of this podcast. He loves, loves us. It. Big fan. Loves it. Yes. We know because he has not contacted us or said anything about the podcast. And that's, you know, someone being coy. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, he, yeah. He only talks about stuff that he's complaining about. Yeah, so exactly. If he so likes he it, us. he's not. Yeah. If you're mention not mentioned it. by uh, Bill Burr on the Monday morning podcast, you're doing great. Like, and you are, can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at phony Collie show p h o n hell yeah that'll be tagged in the, uh, in the in the show in the story note or the show notes or in the tweet about this episode coming out you'll be able to find some of these links in case you aren't scribbling them down on the post-it note as anthony lists them out uh we've been doing so much fucking bullshit promotion it's a pain in the ass yo it's preach your choir my ass. like i'm going on tour tomorrow and all i've done is shill for tickets and i you know i'm just like i hope there are people at all these venues i'm going oh, to you i haven't You'll done live it. comedy in fucking three years i'm like you're please. going to new york right yeah i'll be in new york saturday night if you want to come watch a power hour i'll be in boston <laughs> fuck that's why <laughs> i rented in- the car to dispose of my bodies in boston oh nice you gotta go drop off a backpack with body materials and brian laundry's clothes drop off drop dirty off- laundry as you keep referring to it i've got to yeah dirty <laughs> i gotta drop off some of gabby's things i mean brian's things <laughs> oh it's a real conspiracy oh shit anything there else? was a third person in the van anything else really? you just want to plug <laughs> you uh, were the third person it was two 20 year old influencers and a 47 year old comedian <laughs> yeah i was like go right and i, I <laughs> She wouldn't listen to my directions, and I went, that's it, Gabby. You had the fucking uh, triptych, triple A yeah. map open yeah. in the I back. had my Thomas guy, and then they drove, and then Brian gave me a ride back to Florida, and I was like, Brian, give me a head start. I got to I gotta hit the, uh, the swamps, and then you meet me here. And then when he got here, I was like, no, buddy, I'm chopping you in half. You're done, laundry. You're taking a fall. Time to fold the laundry, bitch. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, time to fold the laundry, bitch. He's like, why are you just like Freddy Krueger? <laughs> bitch. <laughs> bitch. Halloween, bitch. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for coming on High and Mighty. This was always a pleasure. It really is a tragic, tragic um, series of events, though, clearly. Yes, obviously. It we is. are it's cackling real, our way yes, through the murder of terrible. a young woman. <laughs> we, uh, we, uh, only, we only, you only joke about what makes you scared and horrified. So. Yeah, it's you gotta. 
sometimes Happy you just Halloween. gotta have yeah, it's uh, a spooky episode it's the spooky episode <laughs> i'm at gabrus on all social media you can check out action boys if you want to hear me talk about action movies for way too long the gino lombardo show season three is now on stitcher premium promo oh code gino God. and every monday night on spotify green room you could tune in to the movie buff and uh, where i'll be chatting it up about that week's big new release i can't believe i have this many radio plugs at wow. the end of have you done I'm- the protege have you I'm done not, the protege yet? No, I have not. Is that any good? Oh, no. no. Okay. I'll definitely check it out. Um, and every Monday, Phony and Collie Show Monday releases. Yes, Monday. Monday releases. Mondays. Every Monday. Get on That's that, That's what we baby. have to plug. Hell yeah. <laughs> Full release every Monday morning. And Reddit thread, you better keep posting down there. You're listening. Keep posting. Yeah, bring the Reddit thread back alive uh, with a link to their new, uh, the the actual podcast finally dropping. Uh, I'm stoked to listen. You guys, you listeners of this show should be as well. It sounds like they put in more effort than I ever have, so that is probably a good sign. And signing off, bye, shitheads. That was a headgum podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit, guys. Holy I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. <laughs> it's actually, it's got a lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. <laughs> now. Somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to, like, see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. (laughs) It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Oh, there's a fantasy component. There's some sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. You wake up after a few years and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. What? I don't hate them, but I pity the roommate. Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now.